السلام عليكم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العودة من لساني يبقه قولي ربي أوزعينا نشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضى وأصح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين الحمد لله وسانك الله سبحانه وتعالى for all the favors that we receive at every moment of the day from him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for being able to come this evening, it's supposed to be this afternoon, but now it is this evening, to be together to study a subject. And I have been doing this uh, Salam Sunday, now maybe this is the sixth time, taking one word in Islam and talking about it and trying to bring an understanding of that word and we began with the word salam itself, alhamdulillah, and we went through many, like rahma, taqwa, and other words. Today, the word I chose to speak about is hadiya. Hadiya literally meaning gift. Gift, al-hadiya, the gift. Now, it might seem strange, but we live in a world whereby, subhanallah, people don't understand the importance of this little simple word, okay? And it is significance from the Holy Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and how important it is in building the fabric of the family, friendship, and the society at large. And we are living in the West, come Christmas, you see all the Christians and the non-Muslims gifting one another. You see the children of this country come a birthday all of them, they will gift one another. And to a lot of the Muslims who are trying to be serious about their religion, to them this is all bid'ah, this is all haram, we shouldn't do that, and we're not allowed to do it. And I myself have confronted this more than once. And I remember once upon a time, a little child in the school, and I think even Sarah, you were a student there in the secondary school of Esther. This is in the 90s. When I came new, I joined Islamia at 94. And subhanAllah, this child come to me, knocks the door and says, and she was carrying something in her hand, and she said, am I allowed, with a very low voice, as if she's frightened to say what she's going to say, am I allowed to give these sweets to my friends? I said, of course you're allowed. And then, with even a lower voice, and I could see almost a tear come from her, head, but it is my birthday. So I said, what's wrong with that? You can't give it out. But they say, we shouldn't celebrate our birthday. I said, who said to you, don't celebrate your birthday? Come in, come in. Assalamu alaikum. Come in. Who told you not to celebrate your birthday? <laughs> and then, subhanAllah, I could see a change in her and a big smile in her face. Once, subhanAllah, come in. When I straight away said to the girl, do you know that the Prophet, sallallahu celebrated his birthday and she said to me I don't know so he did and in a hadith sahih reported by Muhammad in his musnad and nobody can say it is not sahih because it is the Prophet was asked al-usnain, O Messenger of Allah why do you fast on Mondays he said it is the day I was born showing us that by him fasting on every Monday, 
he is thanking Allah for being given the chance to be born to live on this earth. Okay? And that's the idea. So I said to the girl then, another thing I will say to you, what you give to your friend today because you are happy that you are born in this date or this day, you are giving them a gift. And the gift in Islam is recommended. The gift in Islam is recommended. So I think it is important for people to understand the importance of the word hadiyah or gift. It mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Nahl twice, the word hadiyah. Okay? Surah Al-Nahl or the bee or the bees is verses 20, 35 and 36. The Surah number is 27. Surah number 27 verses 35 and 36. And this is in the story of King Solomon or Sayyidina Suleiman and the Queen of Sheba, Bilqis. And the Hudhud, the Hupupoy, yeah, or the Hupubert. And subhanAllah, he, when he sent the Hupubert, okay, to send the message to the Queen of Sheba, and it is from Suleiman, and it is in the name of Allah, most kind, most merciful. The Queen of Sheba then got her people together, the wise men in the palace, and she consulted them, and she said to them that this is a king, and if we do not do something to reply to him, he will definitely come and destroy what we have. Now, the agreement came, is to gift this king gifts so that he can think about them as people who are inside and never come to confront them. And the Quran states in verse 35, Surah 27, And I am sending to them a gift and awaiting their response. And what? will my messengers bring back to me from them? So the messengers who were carrying these gifts, and not one gift, many gifts, will give it to Suleiman and his people, and she will wait. Are they going to be delighted? Are they going to be happy? Are they going to send delegation? Are they going to send messages? But Sayyidina Suleiman response was different. Okay? And it is different because if he accepted the present from them at that time, it will be as if he was accepting their way of living their life or worshipping Allah. Because the queen herself was in error. Because when the hupu bird came said, these people were absolutely wrong because they are worshipping the sun. If this is a bird telling that, obviously King Suleiman will be more astonished by that. And he doesn't want in his time for the da'wah not to reach such people. So his response was, Okay. فَلَمَّا جَاءَ سُلَيْمَانِ قَالَ أَتَمُدُّونَنِ بِمَالٍ When the messenger came leading his delegation and bringing all those gifts to Sulaiman, Allah said when, the, when he arrived Sulaiman said to him and his companions are you trying to increase my wealth by giving me money? Do you think money will enhance my position? Or stop me from doing that which will make your life better here? And hereafter, meaning direct you towards the righteous way of worshipping Allah 
سبحانه وتعالى فما أتاني الله خير مما أتاكم what Allah has gifted me or gave, given me is better than what he has given you or gifted you he has gifted me okay, the faith إيمان لا إله إلا الله and the worship of the one God but what we have given you the error of having all the benefit of living in this world and the treasures but for the hereafter you have nothing to show for okay بل أنتم بهديتكم تفرحون although I see you in bringing these gifts you are so pleased that you brought me something I don't see anything I see you brought me nothing you haven't increased my living or my life by any means what I have is more sufficient for me so from here we could realize in the Quran the word hadiyah is mentioned and we need to understand what a hadiyah is according to the religion and what is the role of a hadiyah within the family the community and the society at large and should we accept the hadiyah can you please move forward please should we accept the hadiyah Okay, that is very very important. If Amina, can you move here? Come here to the front so that the brothers can move forward, or the sisters can move forward as well. Sisters, if you, there are places in the front here. If you move to the front, so that if people come in the back, they can sit there. Inshallah. Sorry. No, you can sit. Very uncomfortable. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we need to understand what the hadiyah is. Okay, what's the role of the hadiyah in the family, in the community, and the society at large? And we need to understand should we accept it or not? Because this is a very serious question, and there is a very thin line between a hadiyah, a gift, and a bribe. What, what, what is there? Some people say, I got a gift and there are examples I give to you from the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But before we get there, we look at the hadiyah and the letters of the word hadiyah. Okay? And I always link those letters to the names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala or the good attributes okay, of the Prophet Sallallahu that he lived through and lived with. Now, when we look to this little word, it is four letters. Ha, Dal, Ya, Anta. Walha from Hadi. Okay? Al Hadi huwa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who guides you. And by the way, you should never say, I have given hidayah to someone. Many people say, I have given hidayah. I was doing da'wah, and alhamdulillah, Allah gave me the chance to give hidayah to this non Muslim. You don't give hidayah. Allah gives the hidayah. You give direction. You point out. Just you are like somebody in the street. Somebody is asking you, could you please show me such an address? Or where is this road? Whatever. And then you just direct them. But you are not going to literally take them there. Al-Hadi is the one who takes you from A to B. From E or A to Z. That's the Hadi. Allah takes you there. But we don't. إِنَّكَ لَن تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ Allah said in the Quran, you do not guide those whom you love, ya Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ However, Allah can guide whomever he wishes. This is something that we should come out with. Okay? So, Al-Hadi huwa Allah. So, for this, I believe 
Only Allah can guide you to be that kind of person who loves to gift people. Because gifting is from the heart. Unless you are guided towards giving, you're not going to give. You see, many people don't like to give. don't like to share. Okay? And Rasulullah used to seek refuge from being mean or greedy. Allahumma inni a'udhubika min al-jubni wal-bukhl. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from cowardness and greed. Those who don't gift, they're greedy. Number two, the letter Dal, from his name subhanahu wa ta'ala, Da'im. And Da'im means the one who's always there. And will always be here. Everything else will vanish but him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a person who gives a gift, that gift will always okay, be remembered by the one who will receive it. It will always remind them of what they have felt when you gave it to them. A good gift will always be in the heart. It, is a, it will touch you. Especially the person who never expects to receive a gift from you. And I promise you, it's the best thing that a person can do, especially to bring people together. And the letter number three, yeah, from an attribute of the Prophet ﷺ, yaqeen or yaqeena, it is being sure, okay, about who he is, where he came from, what is he doing here, where he is going next, alayhi abdul salatu wasalam. And a person who gives gifts, he's sure of what he's doing. He doesn't need to be told what to do. He knows. There are some people by nature, they just give. Even very little thing, they give it to you. An old man who is in our company, a very good man called Umar, subhanallah, people call him Shaykh Umar, he's always giving. He works, he raises money, and he for those three days, he's not there. When I asked him, he said, there are old people who used to work with me when I was young Sheikh, and I remember them now, and they are in old people's homes, they are living alone and nobody is attending them. And he goes to them, attend for their need, and he buys them all these things, medicines, okay, oils. And sometimes he brings me things like that. And sometimes some of the things, even I don't know what they are. <laughs> and we say, this is good for your toilet. <laughs> because he knows those old people don't have the time to go and buy those things. You see, he's very hygienic. And he buy all those things to wipe your hand. When they were having uh, the, the flu, I think he, they used to give those old people things like in the hospital to clean your hand. And he was going to their homes and give it to them. Worry that they will get sick and they will die. What a wonderful thing. But he gives it from his heart. He decided to leave this country to go back to his home. He sold his house. He did everything. He bought everything. We made a big goodbye party for him. <laughs> he used to live in Edge already in a good flat. He sold everything. A month later, he rang me. He said, Sheikh, you know, even the boot I am wearing, because the people are so poor, destitute, I gave them to somebody who was barefooted. I don't have anything. Can you imagine somebody like that? Only a companion or a prophet could do that. So when you see him in his own strange way, don't put him down. Don't look down at him. Maybe in the physical form, maybe in the way he lives his life, he seems to be a very simple person, but in the sight of God, these are the good people. Because Allah is in their heart. So they give with uh, certain assurance within their heart. They are definite about what they are doing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last letter is Ta and Ta from Tawab. The one 
who will accept your repentance. And by the way, when you gift people, people pray for you. And when people pray for you, Allah will accept their prayer because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made sure anybody who pray for anybody while they are not with them, Allah will surely accept their prayer. This is the hadith of Rasulullah Dua al-Muslim li-akhihi al-Muslim bi-dhahri al-ghaybi Mujab. The prayer of the brother to his brother or for his brother while he's not with him or his sister will be accepted. Because nobody is forcing you to pray. You could say to me, Sheikh, pray for me. And I could say to you, okay, but I don't pray for you. I promised you and I didn't. My fault. But if I went home and I put my hand or I went to the Kaaba or I was in a good place and I remembered you and I prayed for you, rest assured Allah will accept it. Because nobody forced me to make it. I made it because I want to. So let us pray for one another and Allah will give you tawfiq. The meaning of hadiyah according to Ibn al-Athir. Ibn al-Athir is one of the greatest scholars who wrote volumes of beautiful knowledge if only people can go back and translate such knowledge. Yes, in history especially. And he said, Al-Hadiyya Rasulun. Al-Hadiyya Rasul. The gift is a messenger. It addresses on behalf of the giver without a tongue. I give this to my daughter. I say, please go and give it to so and so. My daughter will go to the first and say, excuse me, my dad said to give you this. So this becomes, okay, me talking to him without me saying a word. It expresses a feeling in his heart only he will know or she will know. Nobody else will know. This is what he is saying here. Okay? وَتُدْخِلُ عَلَى الْقُلُوبِ وَتَدْخُلُ عَلَى الْقُلُوبِ مِنْ غَيْرِ إِسْتِئْذَانِ And it will enter into the heart without seeking permission. Once it is given to you, it goes into the heart. Haven't you seen the little children when you give them a gift? The smile in their faces, the joy in their eyes, that means the heart is pleased. But the hadiyah didn't say to the heart, can I please you? It just went in. Because the touch, the hold, the eye, to see it, it makes it that way. Okay? And the last thing he says here, think about it a little bit. And the gift of the person will decide the mind of the giver. And I can judge you according to your gift. There is a saying I heard when I came to England. It's not how much the gift cost. But it is the feeling in the heart from the giver towards the one who is receiving. Okay? It's not really how much. You could give somebody just uh, anything. And sometimes Sheikh Umar will travel and come back to me. And he was sitting with Sheikh Sheikh, I brought you something. And when I open it, it is a piece of straw. <laughs> you are laughing. Sometimes it's a little rock. But rest assured, he was in a good place. He got a good feeling. And there, his heart told him, I should take something from here to give to the Sheikh because he gave me a lot. So he said, Sheikh, he came last week from Yemen. He went to visit the grave of prophethood. And everybody's mesmerized by the grave and who is buried inside, he noticed the place where an old man is sitting and worshipping now who's alive. And he thought the blessings there. So when he went and joined the old man and started looking after him, he loves all people and children. And subhanAllah, this was the quality of the Prophet So there he found 
tranquility and peace. People are inside the cave and they're hot and they're not seeing anything. Some of them are saying, what is here? There's nothing there. But he's tranquil. His journey has been fulfilled. So before he left, he sought permission from the owner of the place and he cut some pieces of straw and wrote it for me. But I know. He did it from his heart. So I'm, I'm keeping I have got a lot of these things in my house. Little pieces of feathers. <laughs> little rocks. So if he comes to you with these things, just take it. That's the way he is. That's the way he is. So we are in his condition. Okay? Now, Ibn al-Athir says, the present remind you of the mind of the person. This mind of this man who brought me this little piece of straw, his mind is connected to the blessings in the place he went. There are how many times when people are wondering what to buy for you. They are going to the market, oh, what shall I buy for this person? Oh, he will not like it. He's going to be very angry. He's going to be very upset. People are in Hajj or Umrah and they're wasting their time shopping because they don't want to upset anybody from the present. Which is sad because people value the present. There's a good man, okay? Everybody was serving him. And the big sheikh in the town was also doing a lot for this man. And this man suddenly, he went to, to do hajj. Everybody was waiting for him to bring a gift to him from hajj. The sheikh himself was waiting for a gift. But at that time, this is the real story. Everybody was hoping that we'll get a watch. These are new things. Or a little radio when the radio became smaller. Okay? In size. So he wanted for an electronic gift. This is in the 60s. The man came from Hajj. He brought everybody an electronic gift and he came to the Sheikh and said to him, Sheikh, I brought you the best gift. The Sheikh thought maybe a bigger thing. <laughs> when he gave it to him, he opened it's a Quran. He have hundreds of Qurans. He said, I accept your present, but I know what is in your heart now. <laughs> that means you value me according to what I am rather than what I need. You see? Which the man, in his own way, he felt to bring him something to suit him. But he didn't realize that he has those things. He could bring him something else. So you need to think of what people need at the time and bring it for them. It is also said, Al-Hadiyah, by somebody else, Ramuz Al-Hadith. It is that which explains things to you from the giver without any word being said. For example, when we are getting somebody engaged or we are getting somebody married, the family of the groom will take their gifts and will go to the bride house and everybody is sitting there and a lot of people are waiting to see the gifts. And according to what is being put in front of the people, everybody understands what kind of family it is. Are they rich or poor? Are they mean or generous? They don't think about the goodness of the person or anything, but they think about the physical gift and it is speaking to them. Oh, they are poor people. Why? Because they didn't bring much. Oh, I went to so-and-so okay, wedding and they brought 70 suits. I only see a six here. They brought six, six sets of gold. I only saw one here. I didn't see any gold. Something like that. That's the way people think about it. They said also, the wise men, there are three things also tells you the mind of the person who's dealing with. Okay? Three things. <laughs> Rasul, the messenger, 
if you receive a messenger from anybody, it will tell you the mind of the sender, who sent you this messenger, depending upon the messenger himself. Well, kitab, our risala, the message, when you receive a letter or a message, it tells you the person. And when you read a message or a letter from the wording, you could understand the person. What kind of intellectual mind the person has? Is he eloquent or not? Is he somebody knows how to phrase his word? Is he somebody, okay, who can speak or write good language? And the third one, al-hadiyah. It also explains the mind of the sender. One of the poets of the past said, al-aqlu asma ma sama. The mind or the brain is the highest, is the highest of all those things will try to reach a height. Nothing will reach a height higher than the mind. Because everything you do has to come from the mind. When a person is within his family, if he can be judged to be in a high position or a low position, he can only be judged by his mind, by the power of his brain. If you go today to houses, people always judge the people in the family by their qualification because their qualifications will tell you were they brainy, were they intelligent, were they clever enough. So if they have got a doctor in the family, okay, an unemployed son who didn't finish his A-level and somebody else who's just studying, they'll say, oh, this is Muhammad. Mashallah, he's doing his GCSE. Uh, uh, this is Ahmad and at the moment he's not working. They will not say much about him because it is embarrassing. Oh, the doctor. This is the doctor. Yeah? Straight away. The professor. Did you see that? Straight away. Especially when people are going to present themselves to marry a girl. They'll come with all the credentials of the man. How high he is. MashaAllah, he did this, he did that. He carried this qualification. He, he drives this kind of car. He lives in this. He holds this much. And sometimes it's translated in the way they present themselves as well. وفي هداياه يرى وكتبه ورسله and also the mind of the person who's giving could be read from the presents that he will give from the books or the messages that he will write and from the messengers that he will send فلينتخب جميعها في دليل عقله okay if he really want to put himself in a good position, this is for all of us, then we should not just pick anything to communicate with people. If I'm giving a present, I have to do it properly, to choose the right time, and to give it in the best way possible. I like in the West here when they give a gift, they wrap it. People say, oh, they're just wasting money. You could buy something very simple, worth 10 pence, and you wrap it in something nice and give it, it looks nicer than give it like that. Because if you give it like that, well, oh, thank you. But if it is wrapped, oh, mashallah, thank you. <laughs> Until you leave, <laughs> and then they open it, either they thank you or they curse you. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, be, be clever. And if you want to send somebody to invite somebody to come to your wedding or to uh, get you something or to bring you something from somebody else, send somebody who can speak well, somebody who can present you well. Then some, somebody who will say, 
well, I can't remember what I was told to tell you. Seriously. Or he said it in a muddled way that he put you in a wrong position. Okay, the messenger has to be. That's why if you look at governments today, when they are putting positions or ministries, the most important minister, you know who the most important minister? No, the ambassador within the uh, diplomatic service. But I mean in the government, the ministers, the most important minister is the foreign secretary or foreign minister. Because he represents the people. The ambassador is true. He represents the, the people in, within that country. But the foreign secretary for the world. They shoot somebody who's intellectual, somebody who's gifted, uh, at least in one thing, somebody who can speak well, eloquent, dress well, look well. You see? That's the idea. If you choose somebody who cannot do those things, then you lose out in the world that you live in. Okay? It is also said by the wise men to be somebody who's gifted in giving by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being able to help when people are in need or not. This can come in three ways. Okay? That you are always giving without people asking you. Some people are very generous, but only when somebody asks. Or oh, there is a problem in Gaza, or there is a problem in Syria, or there is a drought in Africa, you are giving. But they say the generosity that goes beyond the limits is from the people who give when there is nobody is asking. They are going out and giving. Number two, to fulfill for somebody his needs or requirement without making an agreement with them. Because you feel, I should do this for them. You want to visit a friend, their door is broken, and you're a carpenter. You don't have to make an agreement. I come one day and do your door for you. One day, you just come and do it for him. Because that is you. You don't have to be okay, writing agreement or doing any appointment for such a thing. وجود بلا إقلال وجود مع إقلال سوري وجود مع إقلال being generous although you don't have enough and this is literally sharing your bread dividing your debt the last sweet you give it or you eat it what will you do with it you share it you share it Rasulullah said in the hadith اتقوا النار ولو بشق تمرة avoid the hellfire even by sharing a date ولو بشق تمرة imagine this is just your last meal you don't have anything else to eat one day somebody said I'm hungry divide it and give it that is the way it should be another poet said okay مروءة المرء الفاء في قوله مع الفعال والجود مع الإقلال والإعطاء من قير سؤال This is very beautiful poetry in Arabic مروءة المرء الفاء في قوله مع الفعال The generosity of the human being can be judged okay, by always saying of course I'm here ready to help you to support you welcome come in I'm here for you okay? and not just saying it straight away getting into action, doing what the person requires or the person needs. And being generous while you have little for yourself. And giving people while people are not asking you. 
If you go back to the poor countries, as they call them, or the failed world, these qualities are found in the people. Whatever they receive in their home, I promise you, the very thing they will think of, their neighbors. You go to Egypt, you are in Cairo, you are suddenly sitting with somebody, somebody from their family in the countryside came, bringing them gawafas or mangoes in a box, and you put it in the middle of the room, and the grandmother will say, give the neighbors. But grandmother, shall, shall we eat first? No, no, give the neighbors first. Wow. It's not important for them, but they want to share. The neighbor didn't know about it. The neighbor didn't hear about it. The neighbor could never even see it. But the neighbors, because of the generosity of those people in the house, by nature, it is their luck to have some of that okay, fruit. Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Azqalani, who one of the great scholars of Islam, who written a big commentary about al-Bukhari. Okay? Uh, ibn Hajar, he's a good scholar. His writing is beautiful. He said in Fath al-Bari, okay? No leader is being brought to a position of understanding your query or a question. Okay? And nobody who's angry is being made to feel happy. And no anger and animosity in the heart being removed and no debt is being given and retained to people with anything like giving gifts. And I'll explain. Okay? If there is somebody who is not willing to serve you in your area, we are living in Brent. Okay? And we want this place to be recognized the people who are working for the town hall can help us with whatever we need. What we do is we invite the mayor. We invite the local MP. We invite some councillors. We put them a nice show here. Okay? We give them some gifts. Are they going to leave us and feel happy and willing to support? Or are they going to say, ah, nonsense. What is this? They're going to feel happy. Okay? This is the way it is. From the time Allah created Adam, and to Qiyamah it will be always when you want those who lead to be happy with what you do, give them. Invite them. Give them a platform to speak. Politicians always love to speak. <laughs> when you invite them, say, is there any chance to address the people? Of course there is a chance. Okay? Come the election time, even the prime minister will come. Because it's time for him to show himself to the people. Okay? And to support. So that's the way it should be done. And whenever somebody is angry with you, if you want them to be calm, if you want them to be pleased with you, just go to them and give them a gift. If your wife is angry with you, before you go home, buy a nice bunch of flowers. Is she going to take a throat in your face? Or she's going to take it and say, well, I'm still angry. <laughs> but she will still take it. <laughs> okay? This might take the matter a little bit, but you will bring the anger down. Okay? And whenever there is animosity in the heart and somebody who is not speaking to you, go to them with a smile in your face, with humility and a feeling of repentance and give them a gift. I promise you that will remove a lot of the anger from the heart. And whenever somebody is in debt, all right, and in difficulty, 
And if you give them a gift, that might help them towards covering some of their debt. Imagine sometimes you are sitting like this and you are in difficulty and suddenly somebody gives you a gift. And when you open it, it is cash. It is money. Wow. It is rizq Allah brought to you through somebody whom sometimes you don't even know as a gift that was given to you. What is the role of this gift in building the relations within the family, the community and the society? It will bring love between people. It will bond the hearts as we say in Arabic, Ulfa, okay? And it will unite the family and the community and the society at large. It will remove all the ills and the animosity from the heart and disunity will be removed forever. People will be united through gifts. That's the idea. When the Arab Spring started and every president felt he might be next, in Kuwait, the Amir of Kuwait declared any member from the Kuwaiti society, whether they need or not, to live a life of comfort, they must receive every month $3,000. And those who feel it is not enough because they can't buy enough to eat and drink at home, they can give their receipt for their food and it will be paid as well. Wow, what a gift. You see? To keep his place. But do you know what happened? All his people, when you ask them, would you like to remove him? No, what for? <laughs> what for? You bring somebody else who don't know what he's going to do. This is okay. You see, if a leader gives you, you want to take it. Why in election in the Western world, people listen to the promises and they vote. They only get angry when the promises are not fulfilled. Okay? And that can be seen in the re-election when they don't elect the person. It is said, One of the wise men of the past says, when we spread, okay, gifting one another, when it becomes a culture within our family, our society, that we always give gifts, animosity will be removed. Hatred will be removed. Because nobody is going to give a gift, okay, to somebody without having a feeling of wanting to be close to them. The husband gifts his wife. The wife gifts her husband. The husband yeah, gives the children. The mother gives the children. Everybody in the society, when they give gift, it makes them happy. And the biggest gift in this country, when suddenly the queen wants to bestow upon you an honor, an OBE, or whatever, and then once you are called there, and the way you dress will not be the same, and it will be a history, and you will have an album of pictures to tell your children and grandchildren, I have been honored by this gift. You see? When I became a British citizen, they told me your citizenship and your passport is a gift from the Queen. I said, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Praise be to Allah. Somebody said to me, why? It's just a, so what? I said, no. Because before it, when I used to go to Umrah and Hajj in Saudi Arabia, I stand at the end of the, the queue. Now, because I carry this British passport, I'm in the front of the queue. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Praise be to Allah. <laughs> Praise be to Allah. So I see all the Somalis who are living in Europe, they're coming to England. It makes it easier. Seriously, it makes it easier. Allah is generous. Allah gives us a wonderful place to live in. A peaceful place to live in. And if there are gifts to make our life easier, I'm grateful to Allah. I'm not going to deny what Allah has given us. I wanted to go to Iraq, uh, but I was worried about going to my British passport because I may get kidnapped. So I, I was thinking of going to my Pakistani passport. No, 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 that might bring you double trouble. It's better to be kidnapped. 
You might be taken by the American to Guantanamo. No, 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 Pakistani, no, Taliban. Be careful, okay, be careful. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم The Messenger peace be upon him said تهادو تحبو Give to one another You will love one another وتذهب عنكم الشحناء And the anger within And the hatred and animosity Will go away I promise you Whenever you want to build a relationship Give gifts You see for example The young couple who are not married yet The way they look at one another In the eyes And the little gift they are carrying, a little piece of flour, as if it is a well. <laughs> you are laughing with the truth. That's the way it is. The whole thing becomes so important because the love is increasing through the gift that is given. Okay? He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, also is reported to have said, Tahaddu fa inna al-hadiyya tudhibu wahara sudur. Do gift one another, for indeed the gift will remove Okay? The anger within the heart. The pain. Al-wahar here, meaning the pain that comes out of anger. Gift. Each other. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in another hadith, al-hadiyya tuthibu al-adawa. The gift will remove the animosity. The gift will remove the animosity. Which is absolutely beautiful. In another hadith, which I love very much, he said, tasafahu, do shake hands with one another. For indeed, when you shake hands, the anger within will be removed. And do give to one another. You will indeed love one another. And indeed, the animosity within the heart will be removed. Now, it is also reported by the companions, في الأثر عن رسول الله السلام, That which is reported by companion who have heard from other companion that they heard from the Prophet Okay? It is true, but it's not as high a degree as what exactly the Prophet has said. Alayhi Abdullah Salatu Wasallam. They heard that he said, Al-Hadiyyatu tajlibu al-mawadda ila al-qalb wal-sam'u wal-basar. The gift will bring, okay, closeness. Between the hearts, between the ears and the eyes. When you give somebody, his heart will be closer to you. He will listen to your words and he will always be attentive, looking at you when you give them. But when you don't gift, they don't care. But you give. Look at the children in the schools. Teachers know very well. When you give prizes to the children, when you give them rewards, they will eat from your hand. You see? I always tell the children, Teachers' pets, as they call them in the schools, are the children who can't do without praising and getting presents. And therefore, they will do anything to get even a little star. And they will put it, and they will hang it, and they will sleep. And if anybody tries to take it away from them, they're upset. You see? And this is something important. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, also is reported to have said, Tahadu tasdadu hubban. Keep gifting one another, your love will only increase in your heart. وَهَاجِرُوا تُوَرِّثُوا أَبْنَاءَكُمْ مَجْدَ And do migrate from the land of trouble, the land where you cannot worship Allah, your children will inherit something great. 
all of us who came migrating from land where there is no education, where there is drought, where there is political turmoil, where there is wars, there is famines, and we came here, we did well. I know some brothers who came here with nothing. Today they are multimillionaires. Oh Allah, multimillionaires. Those who came from Uganda after Idi Amin closed all the businesses, some of the Asian who are living there, they came with nothing. Today some of them are billionaires in Britain. So the children have something to act upon. Some came as workers and they were living, earning five pounds a month. Five pounds a month from the West Indies, from Pakistan, from Bangladesh in the 60s. Today, they own homes worth millions. Their children are barristers. Their children are MPs in parliament. Some of them are lords. Some of them are British businessmen and women, professionals, politicians. Wow. Isn't this good? So hijra is also good. There are a lot of brothers who made hijra here and they're living with us and they're not happy with living here. And they come and tell me, why are you living here, Sheikh? This is a land of war. This is a land of the kuffar. I say, my brother, are you a native or an immigrant? They don't answer me. I say, brother, when you migrate first to a place whereby there is peace and security, call me and I'll follow you. <laughs> this is sad. If this is a land of war, a land of trouble, why did you migrate to come here? I don't accept that. The Prophet says, migrate to the land where you can flourish living the dunya and living for the hereafter. Meaning to find education, to find work, to live with dignity and honor, with izzat as they say in Arabic, and subhanallah, to find ease in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the hereafter. وَأَقِيلُ الْكِرَامِ عِنْدَ أَثَرَاتِهِمْ And help the honorable people in the society when they are at difficulties or in problems. If somebody who is noble in the society, imagine somebody who is very rich in your community, suddenly his business collapsed and his home is taken away, his car has been okay, dragged away and you could see him with nothing. Don't say, look, yesterday he was something today, if only... Don't say that. Go and help this person. Make his life easy. Allah will support you in the day of judgment. Imagine if you are in the same position, they brought all your books, they did your judgment, and you have nothing to show for. Imagine the person whom you used to tell off, you took away from and you didn't pay. He said, if only. How would you feel if he said that in front of you in the day of judgment? And by the way, in the day of judgment, we are not going to be seeing one another in the physical format. In this world, we see that Apparent, the hidden we don't see. Nobody can see me inside and I cannot see your inside, your heart, your souls. But in the day of judgment, we see the souls and we see the hearts and everything will be apparent and the bodies will be covered. The arrogance will be so small in their size. But the humble people will be seen big in their size in the day of judgment spiritually. It is also said by the Prophet sallallahu the present will bring out from the heart or the chest all that which make you feel terrible, unable to sleep, unable to see the person in front of you, unable to talk to him. There are people whom you are angry with. When you come to a place, you are happy and suddenly you want to go away. Why should you feel like that? And let me remind you, never, never go to your bed at night and you are angry with anybody. There is a hadith of Rasulullah in which he says, a person 
who forgives those who wronged him before he goes to bed, Allah will forbid his body from the hellfire. If you die that night, Allah will say this person, I am the forgiver. If he is willing to forgive, his body will never touch the hellfire. So don't go to bed, you are angry, say, well, I forgive everybody, but this one I'm not forgiving. You see, no, no, don't do that. You see, forgive. So if you have that kind of heaviness in you, why? And I always tell people, when you are angry with somebody, you are suffering, not him. You can't sleep, but he's sleeping comfortably. So don't do that. Keep it away. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Hadiyya rizqun min Allahi tayyib. The present that you receive, the gift that you receive, is a pure good rizq from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Take it and enjoy it, inshallah. He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, also is reported to have said, Tahadu ta'ama baynakum. Gift one another food. Gift one another food. If suddenly in your house you cook a lovely meal and you are enjoying it, and your neighbor you are good with, give them something to eat. Say, Allah, we cooked this lovely meal today. Could you share it with us? If you go to the Middle East, this is normal. If a good dish is cooked and the family is enjoying, they will never eat it all. They will straight away say, give some of it to the neighbors. Which is very, very important. The Prophet gave a reason for it. If you share your food, with others, Allah will widen the scope of your rizq. You will receive more. And this can be يعني, confirmed by the hadith of Rasulullah in which he said, مَا نَقَصَ مَالٌ مِنْ صَدَغَةٌ When you give in charity, the hadith is not charity by the way, but if you give in charity, your wealth will never be reduced. Don't give a pound and say, well, I will only have nine pounds in my pocket. Okay, I don't I want to keep the 10. No, if you give one pound, Allah could give you up to 700 pounds back. Or he can multiply as much as he like. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Give. Okay? He sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-Hadiyah tudhibu al-adawa. The present will remove the animosity. Wal-hiqt and the grudges from the heart. Wal-bughd and the hatred. Wal-waswasat al-qalb. And even the whisper of the heart. And it's true. If you find those people who are very good in giving, when they stand to pray, shaitan can whisper in their heart. To whisper what? Because they are already assigned for themselves a position of being good. And Allah loves those who give because Allah is the giver. Allah is the giver. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said a very beautiful statement. She said, Al-Lutfa atfa. Al-Lutfa here meaning being gentle in gifting others. Al-Latif meaning the gentle. Al-Lutfa, she called the present Al-Lutfa, that which will make the relationship between you and the others more gentler and kinder and easier to deal with. Al-Lutfa, Atfa. تزرعوا في القلوب المحبة والألفة It will plant in the heart love and the bonding between you and the person whom you are giving. Okay? This is something really nice. So please take from me, whenever you give somebody a hadiyah, a gift, definitely in their heart, there will be something special for you and they will never forget. The poet says, You see the gifts, even the doors that receives it is smiling or laughing before it. Okay? If suddenly the news comes that gifts are coming, the dwelling where the person is living to receive that gift will show Happiness, okay? 
وللبعيد سرور عند طلعتها and the person who lives far away when suddenly he sees from the distance a gift is coming to his way he will be feeling glad or pleased or happy in his heart كل إلى القوم في بشراه يعتبق everyone who is receiving a gift once the news come of that gift whether he sees it whether somebody is coming saying I'm bringing a gift or a messenger is coming and saying I'm carrying something for you or I have something for you subhanallah you could see in their faces the happiness and everybody can read it I remember and you are all young you didn't live in my time when I used to wait for letters and I promise you all the students in the 70s in Britain there used to be a lot of them from Iran Nigeria Far East okay thousands and the only means of receiving news from our families because telephone were so expensive the best thing is to receive a letter so we used to wait for the postman and promise you if one of our friends receive a letter we'll all sit with him to read it for us <laughs> we are so happy you see and some of them their mothers are telling them what they are cooking and uh, what they ate and, and they'll be crying and we'll be crying with them because there's nothing else and if really it is an urgent news you know what you used to receive a telegraph and it became a little better okay when we started receiving telex and if you have a business or you are a student who are a little bit and clever in ways you go and get yourself a telex number and you have a card and you say i have a telex <laughs> now everybody have an email <laughs> strange we remember those things you are all young even you are young. <laughs> It was, so, it was so sad, you know. I, re- I remember I used to go to my town to go to the post office because the man will have the telephone. He has to hold something in his hand, something in his ear. <laughs> the old television, you've seen in the films, in the old films. This is what we went through. قَالَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ This is, shall we accept the present or not? Okay, this is the third question we're going to answer to finish with. قَالَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لَوْ أُهْدِيَ إِلَيَ كُرَاعَ don't feel no I don't want any gift please go away he says if somebody brought me okay the end of the leg we call the kura here okay in some restaurant Asia restaurant they make it into a soup and people queue for it in some restaurant what do you call it lahari I don't know how they eat it but it is tasty I like the soup of it, but the bones, how could you eat those things? And some people will go in there, <laughs> to get whatever inside. It's test, it's real nice. But the Prophet said, if somebody gave me that part of the leg as a gift, I will take it. And if he invites me to share with him the meal to eat, I will eat it. No gift is little. No gift is small. Don't make the person who's gifting you to feel lower when he brings you the gift. Sometimes some children in the schools they don't have the money to go and buy a car or buy you a gift. Their parents, maybe they don't believe in gifts. Like in our schools, oh, astaghfirullah, these are English habits. You buy your teacher a present, what for? No, we're not doing this. Although it's from Islam. So, subhanAllah, the child goes and draw you something and write you, teacher, I love you very much. And he comes, teacher, this is for you. And he's feeling shy. SubhanAllah. You don't say, oh, thank you. <laughs> you break their heart you break their heart poor child you, might, you have to make it big you have to make it important 
one of my principals who taught me in this country, in a college, I used to go to his office. He used to call me a lot to inquire about things and ask me about things to do with Islam in the college because a lot of Muslims there. And subhanAllah, in his office, beautiful office, there is a lovely frame picture drawn by a little child. And the first time I went to him to bring his heart closer to me, I said to him, what a wonderful picture. He said to me, you like it? And he took his glasses off. He's an old man. He said to me, you know something? This is the most important picture for me. I said, of course. Otherwise, you would not hang it like this in this beautiful frame. Who drawn it? My little granddaughter. Now, subhanAllah, imagine this girl, if she comes to the office, see this thing here. It will give her a value and a position and she'll feel good. Never, never say to a child or somebody who's poor or somebody who's not being valued. Or, it doesn't matter. Thank you very much indeed. Although we, when the person who is rich or in a position comes to us, we rush to them. We shouldn't do that. And when the poor come, we put them to side. No, that's not the tradition of Rasulullah sallallahu He said in the hadith sallallahu alayhi wa The one who does not show gratitude to the people is definitely not grateful to Allah. By gifting people, you are grateful to Allah. You know the hadith is a must. If you have been listening to me from the beginning. Because the hadiyah is from what you have. If somebody brings you something, share it with others. You understand? Your uncle is traveling in another country. He went to visit Turkey. I like Turkey. And brought you a big box of lukum. Yeah? Lukum is the sweet, sugar sweet. You know lukum? You don't know it? You know lukum? Turkish, Turkish delight. Subhanallah, <laughs> a big box. You can't eat it all. So when you're going to your work, take some of it to the people working with you. MashaAllah, this is brought for me. Give other people, take to your... That's the idea. Okay? My, my children, grandmother, and she's old now, she doesn't cook a lot, but there is one dish she knows all the family loves. And it's a simple dish. Spinach. But they do the traditional old way. It takes time. So whenever she cooks it, she leaves some for our house. This is for you. It's simple. But it's good. It's nice. It makes a good feeling. That when she's doing this nice dish for herself, because she doesn't cook all the time, she's thinking of those whom she loves. Yeah, simple thing. But it is important to think about. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, Ajibu da'i wa la taruddul hadiyya. Accept the invitation of the one who invites you and never return the gift. No, thank you, I don't want it. Don't say that. To anybody. Okay? Young or old, Rich or poor, when they give to you, take it. Okay? And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man ahda ilaykum ma'roofan fakafi'uh. Whosoever give you any gift, even through just helping you. Somebody come and saw you, you are sick, and he's a doctor, and said, Look, come to the clinic, I'll look after you. A hairdresser saw your hair terrible. He said, Come, I'll look after you. <laughs> come, come here, let me, let me do something for you. Okay? <laughs> A lot of people do this thing to me. I'm busy rushing around teaching doing things. Say, Sheikh, come on, please. Let me help you. Okay? Electrician, plumbers, they come to my house and say, Sheikh, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> Let me do it for you. You see? And he does this to me. I didn't even notice it. And he does it for me. And what I need to do, I need to do something on their behalf. What the Prophet said, فَإِن لَمْ تَجِدُوا فَادْعُوا لَهُ بِخَيْرٍ If I don't have the means to give this person for what he has done for me, I just pray for them. 
I went to the Saudi embassy or consulate to get my visa for Umrah and the door is closed. And I found the man, the gatekeeper, and I picked him, please. I know it's closed an hour ago. I just need to go to Umrah. I said, look, it's closed. I just try. And he went inside through his knowledge. He goes, they accepted it. I don't have anything to pay him or to give him. I'm rushing, going to the airport. What I do? When I get there, I'll pray for him. And believe me, that could be the only thing that will save him in the day of judgment. That one dua. You don't know. So it is important you do that. You should do this until he gets to know that he is being repaid. Okay? And that's the idea. We should pray for one another all the time because this will bring us closer. Okay? And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Shakarallahu ashkarahum li'ibadihi. The one who is grateful to Allah is the one who is most grateful to his servants. The one who is grateful to Allah is the one who is most grateful to the servant of Allah. So you should always say thank you. Some people say, why should I say thank you? Teach your children to say thank you. Jazakumullah khair. May Allah reward you the best. But not just to take it for granted. A lot of families now, their children are growing up, they take everything the family do for granted. This is one of the etiquettes of Islam is to teach people to appreciate what you do for them. Especially the little one. If they, you give them something, what, what are you going to say? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Some children tell you that. I don't know. I ask them in the school. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You say, thank you. And it feels strange. Shukran. Shukriya. Tashakurdaram. You can do it in any language. Doesn't matter. This is very, very important. In Islam, we say, Jazakallahu khairan. May Allah reward you the best, inshallah. This is something that we need to think about. Okay? And the one who does not show gratitude when he receives little, when Allah gives them a lot, they're not going to show gratitude. This is to encourage us, even if we have very little, we should give away from it. Now, somebody might say, look, I just began working, and my salary is not much. When I begin to receive more, I'll give from it. This is somebody who's cheating himself or herself. Give from this little now, Allah will give you more, and then give more from what you receive. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do. Okay? And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man uhdi ilayhi khayran, falyujzihi, fa'in ajida, anjazaihi, falyuthni alayhi bihi. Whosoever is being gifted, any gift from anybody, he should give it a gift in return. But if you can't do that, show gratitude by appreciating what you have been receiving from that person. Jazakumullah khair, yaqi. I hope one day I can do something written for you. Please, if you need me for anything. And by the way, if you don't have the money to give somebody a gift, you can gift them by something you do. You're a carpenter. When they need something to do with wood, go and help them. You're a plumber, help them. You're a teacher, teach their children. You are somebody who can read the Quran well, teach them a surah of the Quran, how to read it. Anything. Just use your talent and show them. Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says man a'ata shay'an min ghayri mas'ala or man u'atiya man u'atiya shay'an min ghayri mas'ala falia'khuduhu. Whosoever is being given anything without him asking should not return it but take it. Don't say, I don't want it. 
فَإِنَّمَا هُوَ رِزْقٌ رَزَقَهُ اللَّهِ It is indeed a risk from Allah towards you. Somebody giving you a gift, it is a risk. Don't deny it, just take it. And also, one of the pious men of the past said, مَنْ امْتَنَعَ مِنْ اِعْطَاءَ الْقَلِيلِ The one who refused to give because he has little to give from, and he feels that the person who is going to gift is higher than what he has لِجَلَلَةَ الْمُهْدَى إِلَيْهِ إِنْقَطَعَ السَّبِيلَ الْمَوَدَّ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ إِخْوَانِهِ The bonding between him and his brothers will be broken. <coughs> so if suddenly you want to give something, but the person is standing in front of you is higher than what you have. And you felt the gift you are going to give is not really suitable, it's too little, it's not good enough. And you said, no, I'm not giving it then this will be a reason for the bonding between you and your brothers in the community will be weakened or broken. I don't want that to happen to me. So I, whoever it is, I'll just give them a gift. Anything. I know there are some people, when they see you, they will even take some, a garment they are wearing to gift for you. And there is a great يعني, story of Imam al-Shafi'i, okay, and I mentioned it many times to people, which is an absolute beauty whereby he taught the great Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, okay? the Imam of the Al-Mathab al-Hanbali, or the school of the Hanabila, and he was studying with him in Egypt. And Ahmad ibn Hanbal is from Mecca, and Shafi'i is from Mecca, but he studied in Medina through Imam Malik. And Shafi'i is from Al-Bayt, and a very learned man, and a fantastic poet, and a very religious man, okay? a spiritual man. Now, subhanallah, as a wise man, because Ahmad ibn Hanbal used to be one of his best students, he traveled away from him, and he hadn't seen him for a long time. So he missed him. So he wrote a poem describing okay, that he's missing him in this poem, and that he used to love his presence with him. And he gave it to the messenger to take it to him, one of his students. And when he was leaving, he said, come back. He took one of the garments he's wearing, yeah, we usually wear many garments, like my shirt, my jumper, my jacket. He took one of those, wrapped it, and gave it to him. Give it to him only. So the brother went and gave him the message. Ahmed ibn Hanbal radiallahu anhu read the poem, and he cried. And then he said to him, he also gave me this gift for you. He opened it, he smelled it. He could smell the smell of the teacher on it. He said, by Allah Almighty God, I ask you, when he gave you this gift for me, did he go inside and brought it or took it from his skin or from his body? He said, no, he took it from his body. He said, indeed, he is more in need of it than me. Because they used to live with Zuhd. He is more in need of it than me. But let me wash it and keep the water. I'll immerse it in water and take it out and give it to you back to give it to him. For I have nothing to give. Okay. But the water will be in my house if anyone of my family or students are sick. If they drink from it, they'll be healed from the barakah. These are great imams. Look at the love between them. You don't find this today. If today people say, oh, astaghfirullah, dirty, oh. <laughs> well, the prophets, okay, when they used to spit, their companions will take their spit and put it in the wound and it will heal them and they put it in their uh, and like massage their faces with it they fight over it they would love to have their garment even if the hypocrites used to come on other prophet to give them some of his garment to wear his hair he used to 
cut and he will share it among them. And the one who will have one will feel so proud. Wow. It's very important. These things, it reminds you. It's a reminder. Look at today's world, the modern world. Those who love the stars of music and football, when they have a signature from them, they're so happy. These are great men of Allah. Their bodies are pure. Their souls are absolutely complete and total with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they're blessed. The blessing within them. Allah has put that blessing. Okay? So we should think clearly about this. And one of them said, one of those great scholars, okay, said, Whosoever refused to give the little because the person who is giving to maybe higher than what he thinks, the mawadda will be broken or the good feeling, the bonding between you and your brothers will be broken. What will happen next? Always there will be a gap between him and those people whom he wants to bond with. And this is something we need to think about carefully. Okay? In one of the Amthal, okay, parables of the Arabs, it is said, إِذَا قَدِمْتَ مِنْ سَفَرْ فَهْدِي وَلَوْ حَجَرِ إِذَا قَدِمْتَ مِنْ سَفَرْ فَهْدِي وَلَوْ حَجَرِ If you came from a journey or a travel, give a gift, even a stone, like Sheikh Umar. Yeah? Even a stone. Doesn't matter. Bring something. I tell you why. Because a stone could be very useful. You need to make tayammum. Allahu Akbar. People come and ask me, where am I going to get a stone from? Yeah, go to Asda. <laughs> go to one of those, do it yourself, where there's gardens. You can find those little pebbles for the gardens. Get one of them. These are good for, okay? If you go to the seaside, don't go looking for shells. Go look for a rock to bring home so that if you need to make, okay, tayammum, you can make your tayammum, inshallah, easily. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu said himself Inni la as'alu ahadan shay'an I never ask anybody anything If I need, I don't ask Wallah a'atani ahadan shay'an min ghayri mas'ala illa qabilt And no one gifted me anything without me asking only I accept I never refuse Wallahu a'lam And Allah knows why I do this this is the way the Prophet taught him. Subhanallah. He didn't say, because I am good, I'm brilliant, I understand the deen, I was close to the Prophet, I'm the nearest, I'm the dearest. No, no, no. You hear it a lot nowadays. You see? You go and visit a, a sage or a wise man, there are guards standing there. What do you want with the Sheikh? Did you make an appointment? Do you know him? Are you sure you are coming for the right thing? Have he given you a bayah? What is this? No Prophet. It's ever been treated like that. No messenger. The doors are open. Come anytime. Walk and come. Islam is like that. There is no barriers between the prophets and the people. Between those who taught the knowledge in the past and the people. Okay? They're not hidden away. They're open. They are the servant of God. And the servant of God, they're not servant until they serve the people. Okay? This is the idea. Okay? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. A lady sent her a present. Aisha, the wife of Rasulullah, a lady brought her a present. She returned it back to her. The Prophet heard about this. He became upset. He said to her, 
يا عائشة هلا قبلت هديتها؟ I wish you have accepted her present. She said عائشة رضي الله عنها لأني علمت أنها أحوج إليها مني. يا رسول الله I wanted to accept it but I was reminded that she is in need of it more than myself. This present she gave to me, she is in need of it more than myself. So I returned it back to her. What did the Messenger say to her? He said, Ali Abdul Salam, okay? Halla qabiltiha wa kafaatiha bi ahsan minha. I wish you have accepted it and then you retain something better. Imagine if this woman, she doesn't have any food and she just received this bowl of soup and she gave it to you at the present. And you know she needs it more than you. You take it and take something more better that you cooked and give it to her in return. That's the idea. Always. Never refuse a present, however little it is. But in return, do. Abu Hanifa radiallahu ta'ala said when he was talking about the present, okay, which is very, very important, said, I learned from the Quran to give the same present to the person when I'm gifting them or give them something better. Because Allah said in the Quran, Okay? من الشيطان الرجيم. This is in Surah An-Nisa, verse 86. Surah An-Nisa, Surah number 4, verse 86. Allah says, وَإِذَا حُيِّيْتُمْ بِتَحِيَّةٍ فَحَيُّوا بِأَحْسَنَ مِنْهَا أَوْ رُدُّوهَا When you are greeted by a greeting, greet with a better greeting. Or at least say the same. السلام عليكم وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله If you can't afford to say that, you are a little bit mean. Just say وعليكم السلام. This is the least you should do. What? Some people say, I, I, I don't want to say salam. I'm not saying salam to them. <coughs> Let me remind you, salam is sunnah. When you meet your brother in Islam, you must say salam to them. And the Prophet said that even Islam is salam. To the one you know or you don't know. Anybody you meet, just say salam alaikum. If you go to my country where we come from, anybody in the street, salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. We spend all your time. <laughs> They are walking across the road. Salam alaikum, ya haj. Wa alaikum, salam. Most have seen this a lot. Everywhere. That's the idea. Salam. Afshu salama. Bainakum. All the time say salam. But here in England, well, I'm not saying salam to him. Why? Because he didn't say it first. And the saddest thing, salam is sunnah. And if somebody said it to you and you don't reply because you don't like to reply to them, you don't like them, you have broken the rule. This is fard. To say, Allah said, you must get it. This is a very high commandment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab, the Prophet sallallahu one day sent him a gift. Umar al-Khattab said to the person who brought the gift, return it back to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa The Prophet in his own way, said to him, Umar, why did you return the present to me? Umar said, Alasta akhbartana Allah khaira li ahadan yakhud ahadan min shay? Didn't you tell us, oh Rasulullah, that there is no good in the person who take anything from somebody else? You are ready just to take. Some people are just waiting to take. Umar will never take anything. Because the Prophet said, no goodness. Just don't put your hand all the time, just take from people. Okay? There's no goodness in that. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, إِنَّمَا ذَلِكَ عَمَّسْ أَلَى 
فأما إذا كان من غير مسألة فإنما هو رزق رزقه الله تعالى أو عمر I am only saying don't put your hand and ask others to give you that I don't like for indeed the hand that gives is better than the hand that receives اليد العليا خير ما يسفلا but if somebody gives you a gift يا عمر remember it is risk Allah brought for you take it and feel comfortable with it and don't question it little or much but remember to return to the people who gifted you if you have or to pray for them and wish them well okay Abu Hanifa radiallahu ta'ala anhu the great imam and I'll finish with this one he was always being gifted okay because he's teaching people he's doing things for them so people bring back in return gift for him in one year they said he received almost a thousand pair of shoes And subhanallah, it, they came at a, a certain time. The market was full of shoes. Everybody wanted to give him. He went and bought him a shoe. So within a week or so, he has a thousand shoes almost. But the next day, Abu Yusuf is a student. Okay? And some of his students were in the market. And they saw him with his son. He was buying a shoe for his son. So they said to him, Ya Abu Hanifa, didn't you just receive almost a thousand shoes? He said, yes, I did. But why are you buying a shoe for his son? He said, by Allah Almighty God, I have learned from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a hadith and I would love to put it in practice. The Prophet said, إِذَا أُهْدِيَ إِلَى الرَّجُلْ شَيْئًا okay, فَجُلَسَاؤُهُ شُرَكَاؤُهُ If the person receives gifts, those who are sitting with him he can share this gift with them. So all those shoes that came to me, I gave it to the people who are around me. My friend, uh, those whom I know they need, those who did not come that day, I just send it and I distributed all of them. Because what will you do with them? I remember I used to go to my mother and my brothers will come from the market and my nephews will come from their job driving their beautiful new cars and having all those gadgets in their hand. And my mother would say to me, and what do you have? I said, oh, well, ma'am, I'm in the best profession. What do you mean? I'm an imam. I'm a sheikh. So I get perfumes, topis, <laughs> turbans, shawls, sibhaz, bakhur. <laughs> and I get a lot of it. Everybody give the sheikh this. So what will I do with it? I have to give it to people, share it with people. Yeah? So you need to give it back. And wallahi, I tell you, I give one, I get ten. It, is, it just comes because people will come and bring it for you. I, some of them I know, some of them I don't know. But people are always like to give gifts for people. So inshallah, I hope after this little reflection on this little word, al-hadiyah or hadiyah, the gift, that we will go from here full of iman that gifting people <coughs> is a part of our faith. Sharing what we have with those who have not is indeed a reflection of showing gratitude to Allah. Whatever we have, whether it's little or more, we should share it. We should gift from it. I will end by the hadith of Rasulullah in which he says, قال Rasulullah الإسلام إفشاء السلام وإطعام الطعام لمن عرفت ولمن لم تعرف Islam is saying السلام عليكم and sharing your food with all those whom you know and those 
whom you know not. Don't say, I don't know who he is. Maybe he's the kafir. Maybe he's the munafir. Maybe he's this and that. Maybe he's going to plot against me. Don't do this. This is shaitan. Somebody said to me once, Sheikh, you say to everybody, Assalamu alaikum. Maybe he's a Jewish, Yehudi. Maybe he is Christian. I said, shouldn't they receive my salam? No, no, in the sunnah, we shouldn't say that to them. Why? Because they used to come to Prophet Sallam and, 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 and abuse the word of Salam and say, Assalamu alaikum, poison be upon you. I said to him, don't you ever misquote the Prophet Don't you ever misquote him. He will never contradict himself. Allah taught him in the Quran, when you are greeted, greet. And he says, Islam is to greet people. I will greet everybody. We should never listen to people who speak without understanding who Rasulullah is. Without understanding what prophethood, prophethood really means. Prophethood means people who are being nurtured by Allah, taught by Allah, brought by Allah, raised by Him with knowledge to understand and appreciate who Allah is. And do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mean or greedy? Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not share what He has with his creation. Everything we have is from Allah. Everything we see is from Allah. We all belong to Allah. As Rasulullah said, Al-Khalwu Iyalullah, the human, uh, are the children of God. We are his children. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for me and for you to understand and appreciate the religion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Deenul Islam, Deenul Haq, the religion of truth that inshallah we will live it as he lived it and according to his way of living, and that we will be saved, inshallah, until we meet him in the day of judgment, and we will be guided by Allah to drink from his fountain, Al-Kawthar, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. May Allah bless me and bless you. If anybody have any questions, we can take it, inshallah. Any questions? Yes, my brother. Uh, you gave the example of uh, Yes. Yeah, thank you for reminding me because I said it at the beginning. The bribe, subhanAllah, is when you want somebody to break the rules for you. Okay? You are queuing, okay, in the post office and you are want to go to rush to your work, whatever. The man in the front there does not work only if you come through the queue and subhanAllah, you are taking a tempo and saying, excuse me, I'll give to you this if you can let me come first. Okay? This is not acceptable in Islam. Because this is a gift to make easy for yourself that which will break the rule. But a gift that you are giving from your heart just for no purpose or reason, that's a gift. I'll give you an example. Rasulullah chose a man. And he brought him and said to him, look, I would like you to go to the country and visit those tribe and those people and collect the due of their zakat to me. Okay? The annual collection okay, of taxation. Go and bring the zakah from me. The man went, and the Arabs, the nomads, are very clever. Once he used to arrive to them, they will erect a beautiful tent for him, put the best bedding on it, bring him the best of food, look after him comfortably. And then they will take him out and pick the best pick of the sheep or the cattle or the camels for him. Few of them. And then they will go and pick the weakest of the animals at their zakah. 
and he will not say anything because already they have broken his eye. Okay, they have put him in their pocket. When he came back to Medina, he had two hairs. One big hair and one sizable one. So the Prophet said to him, why don't you put them all together? He said, Ya Rasulullah, this is for you, but this is for me. Rasulullah said to him, how would you have achieved this without me sending you to get this for the Baytul Mal? How would you have achieved it? You wouldn't have achieved it. This is but a bribe. Don't you see? If you look at your, the, your side of it, are the best. Although there are fewer, but the side of the Muslim is the weaker. Although there are many. So they did not really allow you to see with the correct eye the best pick for the zakah. Just like the bribes that take place. Go back to our countries, for example. Okay, A man who's supposed to pay a million pounds in tax, he will bribe somebody in the ministry and he'll pay, pay 50,000 pounds. It will be written, pay the million. So that is not acceptable. There's a difference between a present okay, and a bribe. A bribe will break the rules and the laws and will encourage the wrongdoing. And that's a bribe, inshallah. We don't want Alaikum Assalam Rahmatullah. Any other question, please? Any questions? Yes, my brother. What's the relationship between the letters of the word that you mentioned? Like, how do they relate? You said her. Yeah, yeah. The, this is me. This is from me. I always love to look at letters and give them a, a more value to with the word itself. So what I'm suggesting is Hadiyah, Alha from Al-Hadi. Al-Hadi is the one who guides you. Okay? Waddal from Al-Daim, the one who is always there. Walya from Yaqeel, which is certain, to be certain, okay, to be sure. Watta from Tawab. So what I'm saying is, to myself, as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala need to guide you Okay? To make you always think of showing gratitude to him with assurance from yourself. He is the one who gifted you everything that you have even your own life. Okay? And if you turn to him while you are not realizing this, and say, oh Allah, please, I didn't realize and I forgot or I made a mistake, he will surely forgive you. That is my appreciation of the words. I always look at them from that way or that angle. Okay. A lot of the scholars of us, they used to interpret a lot of the words like that. They look at them from the letter side. Imam al-Ghazali was good at it. You see? And that's the way I interpret this word. Any? So is, uh, sorry. is her always for Hadi or is it just in this context? For this context, I chose it. No, no, not all the time. For this. Okay. Any, any el- Anyone else? Yes. <laughs> you know, like in our culture, particularly like maybe Asians, yeah, um, who are brilliant people and lovely. Um, sometimes gifts are used as like not bribery, but it's used to put down people. So they'll buy a really expensive gift because your gift is better than other people, and they'll use their credit cards to make it look like they're rich and generous and. But but for show. okay, but this is in Islam forbidden. And it will bring you no reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even in your worship. Allah said, hum Those who will show off. Wailun lil musallin. Wow. For those who worship Allah, but by showing off. Imagine somebody 
when he's alone, he's lazy, he doesn't get up to do his prayer properly. When he reads it, he doesn't read it well, but in public, he wants to show everybody. Mm-hmm. So when he stands, <coughs> Are you listening? Are you seeing me? You understand? I always tell people, I used to have a little boy in my school. His father is a great imam. And he used to come with us to the school. He's the naughtiest kid. He's lovely, but very naughty. In the salah, he will play and he will spray. And he's not young, he's about 10 years old. And subhanallah, everybody said, look, what shall we do with him? I said, look, we are trying our best to make him understand, but Allah ghalib. Allah will guide us to help him, inshallah. But whenever his father is there, he will always stand next to his father and he will stand. Abdullah Terebasan, our head teacher, he used to say, Shaykh, Shaykh, look, look. Even the children used to be amazed. He used to make them joke Allah in the Salah. And some of them, the naughty one, they like him because they want to stand next to him and to make Allah in the Salah. But subhanAllah, he will not joke. No, no, no. He's so serious. He's praying. Kiss his dad. So to show his dad how wonderful he is. The moment the dad goes, oh, it's upside down. Amazing children. What can we do? You see. Anybody else? Yes, sister. What a wonderful question. What a wonder. I thought somebody would not ask that. Uh, it is good if you are worried where it comes from. If the person who is giving you the gift is suspicious. Be careful. Or the gift itself, you received it. It doesn't look. Okay? Be careful. Example. If there is somebody who is well known, okay, to be somebody who will pickpocket, or he's a thief, or somebody who's working in a job whereby he received bribes, their salaries, a thousand, two thousand pounds a month, but he drive a car worth fifty thousand pounds, then you think, how is this? And then suddenly they come to you and they bring you a lovely, lovely present worth quite a lot. Then you, you need to be careful. You see? If there is doubt, then be careful. Okay? But don't break the heart of the person because if you are wrong, then it is also suspicious from your side. And suspicion sometimes is haram. Okay? You don't have to be suspicious or suspicious because you don't want to mislead or misguide them. You want to encourage them for the deen. You want to bring them closest to you. You want to guide them, inshallah, by the direction that you will give to them so that Allah can guide them to the truth, inshallah. But be careful. And some people among the scholars of the past used to say, if somebody is known, for example, to do haram, you, you, you are careful. Even in eating, you see. I will not go to a Muslim house and ask them, excuse me, is your meat halal or haram? No. I'll just say Bismillah and eat. Okay, I will not break their heart. But if I know the person whom I'm going to visit and they put the food in front of me, their job is to gamble and their money that they receive is from gambling or they are selling alcohol, I know it's haram. You see? I will not put myself in that position, inshallah. Uh, is, it, is it a non-Muslim who gave you money like as a gift? 
No. The person who is not a Muslim, you t- No, no, if his source is not halal, no, you don't. Same thing. No, no, no. If you are not accepting it from a Muslim, how could you accept it from a non-Muslim? But, for example, if, if, if a non-Muslim, you don't know their source of their income, okay? And they gift you in order for them to appreciate who you are and to be closer to you so that you can put them in the right direction, you will always accept from them. You understand? You will never know. And for example, if I'm living next door to a Christian and Christmas come and the Christian give me a, uh, a card for Christmas, I will definitely sure will write them a card. Why? The idea is this is what his position is. Okay? And I appreciate what he is doing. He's trying to show his rejoice with me. I will show the rejoice with him by maybe getting just a card to say to him, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, have a wonderful time. Okay? So that I can have a bonding with him so that it will open a door for, for me to share with him what I have. Without this, the early Muslim would have never been able to conquer the world. They didn't conquer the world by sword, but they conquered the world by the good word, okay? The good sharing. And I, I, I was in Indonesia, Malaysia, and you'll be amazed, the best Muslims live in that part of the world. The most uniquest Muslim, polite, generous, beautiful Muslims, Allah, in every aspect. And the best Muslim they have seen is in this part of the world, and there are majority there. And subhanallah, almost 300 billion of them, uh, five men brought Islam to the land. Five merchants from Yemen. They used to go there and through the beautiful treatment and honesty and decency and not questioning them, not abusing them, people began to become to Islam. And look at it today. Yeah? It's such a, such a beautiful thing. But when you become very harsh in the deen and you question people and you reject them, then they reject you. The Prophet ﷺ accepted uh, a loan from a Jews. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the Jews' source of money was... You don't know what he was dealing with. Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib used to feed Hassan and Hussein al al bayt from his income. From it. It. Huh? If, if, if it's the same, same thing, that's what I'm thinking. No, I know, but, but there's a difference. If, if suddenly the, the person who's giving me the gift, he's running something that again is the religion, like selling alcohol. Like This is like the question today. Somebody said to me, well, uh, if somebody won the lottery and gave me money, should I take it? I will not take it. I will not take it. Because I know it's haram. If it is haram, it's haram. You see? And people will appreciate that. Just like you're going to somebody's house and giving you pork, would you eat it? If, the, if that Jewish man gave the Prophet pork, will he eat it? No. He will tell him, look, really, thank you very much indeed. But because it's forbidden in my religion. But if you don't know, money is money. 
if, if you don't know where it comes from and the person who gave it to you, gave it to you with good faith, you take it. You don't question where it comes from. You, it's not in our religion to question where did you get it from? How did you attain, ascertain it or attend it or whatever? Yeah? We have to be careful. But you can borrow money from the non-Muslim. You can work with the non-Muslim. This is like we are living here. You see? A lot of our income that comes from the government, not all of it is halal. We don't know where the money is coming from, but I'm not going to inquire where it comes from. <laughs> Through taxation, you know. Well, it depends. You know, the, 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 the Hare Krishna uh, students, they go to universities and they feed the students in universities. And many students take their food. What's the position in Islam of taking that food? The only thing I will say, if Hare Krishna people are worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the food they are giving is something being slaughtered in other than the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it becomes haram. Yeah. yeah, vegetarian. If they are vegetarians, okay, and they're just giving food, it's not really being given uh, uh, the food that was... Uh, uh, prayed for in their gods, fine, nothing wrong with it. But I- if the food was blessed in their god, if, do they worship idols? Uh, the actual the saint himself is a god. The, the man, the fa- founder is a god. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> god help me. <laughs> well, well, let's say let's say divine attributes have been ascribed to Swami Prabhupada. I- yeah, I know, I know. A lot of the people of the world, they do this to the people without them doing it to themselves. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, but we need just to be careful. We just need to be careful. We need to really, at the end of the day, realize any barrier in our hearts that will distance us from Allah, we should remove. We have to be careful. If we put any barriers, then we are distancing ourselves from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I and don't have any barriers, but my comrades have barriers. <laughs> <laughs> May Allah remove your, my, your, and their barriers, inshallah. I went to the center with Wael. Yeah. Wael only lasted one minute. He, after one minute, he went out. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't stay. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Yes, my brother. Uh, yeah, um, I sometimes ask, because there are these funny fatwas going on, uh, like you can uh, ask, uh, you can eat any meat, or like non-slaughtered and things like that. Yeah, yeah I got this fatwa. Alaikum uh, Allah bless you and bless your family, inshallah. Yeah? Yeah, and. Uh, Salam alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Yeah. Yeah, and like sometimes if it's people here who you know or who some like take this this fatwa, and then, then is it alright to ask? What do you mean? Just to take any fatwa? Yeah, I mean, fatwa to eat that uh, you could eat uh, meat that's not slaughtered. Well, no, I don't think somebody will give a fatwa not to eat meat or slaughter. Yeah, and if you go to, go to the... Yeah, that's the Iqwan. Yeah. They, they said that, they said that when, the, when the Sahaba were in Mecca, there's no riwayat to say that there was any dhibh in Mecca. So they, they ate the meat in Mecca. Mm. This, is, this is the position. Oh, no, no, no. I, I tell you, I tell you. The, 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 the main thing, the main fatwa about this come from the Saudi authorities saying, that when they were, there are people who travel abroad says when we go to the non-Muslim land, shall we eat their food? They go to the Quran and Allah said in the Quran, lakum, and the food of the people of the book is lawful for you. And your food is lawful for them. So they say because of that, 
And Allah said it. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha in the Muwatta is reported once upon a time the Prophet came and saw a shoulder of her goat in her house and she was wondering what to do with it. When the Prophet said to her, MashaAllah, we have meat today. Why don't you cook it? She said to him, I was waiting for you because the person who brought it is not a Muslim. He said to her, Ya Aisha, cook it and say Bismillah and eat. This is in the Hadith Sahih. Okay? And for this, it is said, don't question the people of the book. Okay? So, for example, if a priest in England invited me as a Christian and brought me meat, as long as it's not the meat that is forbidden for me, by me eating that piece of lamb or chicken, whatever, and I said, Bismillah rahman rahim automatically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it lawful for me. This is the fatwa of those people. Okay? And therefore, if you notice, a lot of the people come here, they go to McDonald's, Bismillah rahman rahim they eat. They go to any place. The fatwa is given in that way. Because they, they, and I don't really disagree with them. Because really, I believe in a day and age like this, for us as Muslims to make too much barriers between us and those people, we are not going to encourage people to come to us. We will distance them away. Our religion becomes so compartment. Religion should become very, very easy. You know in where I come from, how the majority of my land became Muslims? Islam came to the east part of Sudan by the Red Coast. That Red Coast, Red, Red Sea Coast, okay, where Eritrea now, and some part of Sudan, and some part of Somalia a little bit, and then the rest of it is Egypt. That's the area where the kingdom of Abyssinia used to be, and the queen of Sheba used to rule. That Islam just was there, in that, that corner. But Islam went from there until Morocco. In the African part until there it reached by encouraging the cultural things for example if they were happy with drumming they were drumming for them if they were singing they were singing for them with dancing they were dancing for them but what they were saying la ilaha illallah nothing else ya allah ya allah i went to a place in the fairest place in sudan and simple people they do their five daily prayers everything but they love to stand and they all just chant, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, in their own African way. And there is pleasure for them. And they are enjoying it. So when I asked myself, I said, SubhanAllah, those people would have never accepted Islam unless they have done this. Just like the Christian, they learned from the Muslim when they went to Africa, South America. You go to their churches, what they do is not the same thing as done in England or Sweden or France. It's different. The church in Sweden... They have got their own program. In England, they have got their own thing. They will stand with the organ and things in Africa with the drums and they're singing, Oh, Mother of Christ. <laughs> Which one is right? The British cannot say we are the right one. The Afri- Isa didn't do it that way. Neither Muhammad did that way. This is all cultural thing. And Alhamdulillah, in my religion, the Sunnah of Muhammad is not only what he said and did, what he approved. And this is in the Muatta as well. When he approved the African singing and dancing in his mosque, but they were doing the right way. They were dancing in the mosque saying, Muhammad Rajulun Salih. Muhammad is a pious, righteous man. So I think in this sense, to make Islam easy, accessible, don't make it difficult. Whenever he used to send an envoy, he will say to them before they leave, okay, what will you do when you go to the people? Well, we will live according to the Quran. We will look into the Quran. If you don't find what you are dealing with in the Quran, 
we will look into your teaching. If you don't find anything in my teaching, then we will use what we think is more appropriate. They learn from him sometimes cultural things when you weigh them in the Quran and the Sunnah and they are not forbidden, you can use them. You understand? It is nothing wrong with it. It is, it is not really a difficult thing. And somebody asked me and said to me, Astaghfirullah, Sheikh, you should encourage the brothers and sisters who are living in the West, okay, not to dress like Westerners. So I said to him, what do you mean dress like Westerners? Well, wearing suits and wearing ties and wearing skirts and blouses. I said to him, excuse me, what's that got to do with the deen? He said to me, this is the Western tradition and if we follow them, alaykum assalam rahmatullah. If we follow them, then we are like them. I said to him, brother, you are misunderstanding the hadith. When the Muslims went to different countries, mashallah, you are so pleased, your dad, dad, you are back, Allah Akbar. Uh, she wants you. Uh, yeah, yes, your dad is there. Allah Akbar. It's a very beautiful thing. Your children love you. Allah Akbar. MashaAllah. I am so glad your dad is here. Allah Akbar. You are there as well. Your dad is here. MashaAllah. Allah bless you, my brother. Allah bless you. This is a beautiful thing to see. see? Go sign. I am so glad. Alhamdulillah. What was I saying? The children. Men. Yeah. So this idea of, 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 of Western clothes, Eastern clothes. So if you now look at the dress of the Muslims all over the world, there is no uniform dress. We don't have a uniform in Islam. The only time we have uniform in Islam is in Ihram. When we are standing okay, around the Kaaba doing tawaf for Hajj or Umrah, when we are uh, standing on the plain of Arafah, we are wearing two pieces of clothes for the men at Ihram. That's the only time. Whether you wear a suit, shirwal kameez, a lange, a jubba, whatever it is. Come on, for goodness sake. So this, this is all not... Some people even say, oh, wearing a tie is haram because a tie is, is a cross. Who says so? It makes me... Give me a hadith, give me an ayah. This, these are all things to make the deen so... And therefore, we will never be able to progress. Make his deen easy and people become Muslims. And I kept Islam. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. I think we need to look at the Prophet. Yassir wa la tu'asir, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa Make easy, don't make difficult. Bashir wa la tunafir. Give the good tidings, not the bad news. I always say to the people when they come to me, I have good news and bad news. Shall I give you the good news first or the bad news? I said, never tell me the bad news, tell me all the good news. I don't want to hear the bad news. I want just to hear good. Yeah? Anybody else? My brother, how are you? May Allah bless you and give you tawfiq and your children too, inshallah. It makes me so happy. Your children are pleased to see you. Yeah. There are some children when they see their parents, they run away because <laughs> they worry about the sleeper and the slap. That means your children love you. Yeah. Anybody else? Going once? All right. Shall we make dua? And we can go. You have a, have a question, my brother? Did you have a question? No, no, next to you. Okay. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم بسم الله مجريه ومرسان ربي لغفور رحيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وسلم تسليما ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين رب اغفر ورحم وأنت خير الراحمين غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم 
ربنا هيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسنى لنا مددا بالأولياء بالصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القرآن عنهم مرشدا فرج بفضلك الهي كربنا يا خير مد الأمل يدا وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد وآله وسلم تسليما I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى for all the people who are suffering all over the world I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى for those who are not in the path that Allah will guide them to him I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to make it easy for us to reflect that which will make them guided to him I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to guide us and to guide us through him to them يا رب العالم so that they will be guided to him I ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to make it easy for us to acquire knowledge to be able to live Islam according to the teaching of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam all those who are guided ya Allah guide them to you by allowing them to worship you with sincerity and obedience ya Rabbil Alameen out of the following Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa those who are suffering all over the world remove the suffering especially among the land of Gaza among the land of the West Bank among the land of Syria among the land of Darfur among the land of Pakistan, Afghanistan, Somalia, and especially in the land between Burma and the land of Bangladesh, Rabbil Alameen. For those people who are homeless, for those people who are being tortured, thrown out of their home, although they are very poor, none can save them, none can support them but you. There is no will nor power only but by you, O Allah. Make it easier, Rabbil Alameen, that we can support them and help them and remove their difficulties and make it easy for them. Allahumma Rabbi adkhil fi qulubana rahmah. Oh Allah, allow a mercy to enter into our hearts so that we can show mercy to them. Oh Allah, feed those who are hungry. Oh Allah, water those who are thirsty. Oh Allah, bring peace to the land where there is war. Oh Allah, bring unity to the land where there is disunity. Oh Allah, I ask of you to remove all the tyrants who are ruling upon people with that which is not pleasing to you and to bring for them freedom. For you have created them free, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, shelter those who are shelterless. O oh Allah, make it easy for those who are barefooted to have shoes. O oh Allah, those who are often among the poor children of the world, give them home, Ya Kareem. Give them shelter. Give them that which will make them live a better life. O oh Allah, all those who are seeking knowledge, allow it to be easy for them to access. And those who are with knowledge, O oh Allah, make it easy for them to spread that knowledge and to live the deen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Those with me here in this moment of time who have come all the way to learn, O oh Allah, make it easy for me and for them to appreciate what we have learned to put it in practice and for others to see it in us and to live with it to please you O oh Allah whatever we said from you which is the truth O oh Allah accept it and reward us for it whatever we said which is not the truth please O oh Allah forgive us for what we have said and remove all that which is not pleasing to you Ya Rabbil Alameen and give us that which will make us better people living in this world so that we can be living the better life in the hereafter Ya Kareem واغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات forgive all the Muslim men and women all the believing men and women all the righteous men and women and allow us and them to be in dwelling inshallah in your garden the garden of peace ya Rabbil Alameen anybody who is with us here who is passing through difficulty may Allah remove their difficulties anybody who is sick may Allah remove their illness anybody who is seeking to be married may Allah allow them to find the best partners Anybody who is seeking children, may Allah give them children. All those who have children, may Allah raise their children to be pious, righteous, good, and will spread the righteous religion to the world, Ya Rabbil Alameen. All those people who are in a dilemma, may Allah remove the dilemmas. Those who are in debt, may Allah pay their debt on their behalf, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Those who are seeking anything from Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, may Allah fulfill it for them. May Allah forgive our parents, those who are alive. May Allah give them long life with obedience. May Allah allow them to forgive us. And may we become the best children for them. 
those who have passed away, may Allah forgive their souls and raise them to the highest, loftiest place in paradise. And may they forgive us, inshallah, for whatever we did against them. Allahumma rabbi ghfir lana wa li ikhwanina wa tub alayna wa tawallana wa hadina wa hadibina wa jal jam'ana hadha jam'a mubaraka marhuma wa jal tafarruqana bi'adihi tafarruqan ma'asuma wa jal mafina wa lam'ana wa lam'inna shagiru wa mahruma sallallahumma ala sayyidina muhammadin wa alihi wa sallim taslima muhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa an nastaghfiruk wa natubu ulayk muhana rabbika rabbil ut'ama yasifun wa salamun ala mursalin wa alhamdulillah rabbil alamin al-fatiha bismillahirrahmanirrahim اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين امين جزاكم الله خير